up, guys? Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Nick, also known as Nick Can't Mine on Twitter. And I came across Nick on Twitter and thought he was putting out some great shit, loved, uh, loved his tweets, loved his commentary, and then somehow came uh, across the information or came to, to know that he was uh, 19, 20 years old. And um, for whatever reason, this piqued my interest. I'm just, I guess I'm always fascinated by how everybody comes to Bitcoin. But I guess I was fascinated because it seems, you know, like that most people that I interact with in the Bitcoin space are older than that. Um, I don't hear too many, you know, really young people uh, talking about Bitcoin. And so uh, for that reason, and also, like I said before, for the kind of quality of the things that he was saying about Bitcoin and the depth of his understanding and his kind of attitude and, and willingness and desire to learn as much as possible, I thought it would be cool just to have him come on and, and have a chat. And uh, it definitely did not disappoint. I just love this kid's attitude. Really the embodiment of stay humble and stack sats. And so uh, in this discussion, we just talk about his story, how he came to Bitcoin, uh, what his current approach is, what his peers think about Bitcoin and think about his involvement and interest in Bitcoin, his parents, um, and his approach to his future and his career now that he has kind of Bitcoin top of mind. So really, really enjoyed this chat. Uh, when I was listening to it back, I just, you know, reaffirmed how much, uh, how enjoyable it was and, you know, how much I was actually able to to learn from some of the, the stuff Nick said. So as is so often the case in this space, you know, you can learn from everybody. And uh, that was definitely the case in my conversation with Nick. So I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Oh, yeah. Forgot to mention that when Nick and I started our conversation, it started shit pouring down rain with thunder here in Thailand. So for the first 10 minutes of our conversation, uh, my side of the audio is, has a bit of background noise. So I apologize for that, but it only lasts for about 10 minutes and then it's fine. See ya. Let's do it. Cool, man. Well, look, I appreciate you getting up on a, on a Sunday morning and, and having a chat with me. I... Uh, yeah, I've just you know, I've obviously we've I've seen you on Twitter and uh, kind of notice your the things that you say and the kind of situation that you're coming from, and I just thought it would be cool to get on and and just have a chat about stuff, nothing in particular, but just jam a little bit. Yeah, thanks, man. I I appreciate it. I love having chats like this. Have you done many of these sort of things? Um, I've done three so far. I've done one with Saint Bitcoin, Coin Icarus, and um, Optimus Fields. Right. Cool. And so, I, I mean, why don't we just get started with, uh, I know it's a bit cliche, but what's the, uh, what's the origin story as far as Bitcoin is concerned? Um, so, <laughs> when I was in uh, high school, I remember hi high school was, uh, I mean, in particular, my senior year of high school, it was pretty stressful just because I really wanted to like figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And, you know, around that time, um, you know, kids my age are choosing where to go to college and stuff. And that was a big step for me. And I wanted to really make the correct choice, like I'm sure everyone else does. And um, I remember, just keep that thought in the back of your mind for later. But um, I, one day I got home from school I did my homework, and I had like an hour or so before I had to go to soccer practice, and I'm on my computer playing Overwatch, and I have my iPad next to me, and I'm on Twitter, and 
my brother and his friends come downstairs and they start talking about something called Bitcoin and Satoshi Nakamoto and all that stuff. And um, it just went, you know, for me, it just went in one ear and right out the other. I didn't care for it. It did not interest me in the slightest. And I thought it was a scam. And um, uh, like a couple minutes later, I'm on Twitter and I'm scrolling through and I see two YouTubers that I liked at the time tweet about Bitcoin. And I was like, well, that's, you know, what my brother and his friends are talking about. And um, I'm like, you know, maybe there's something to this. So I started researching it more. I started going down the rabbit hole. At the time, I was into shit coins. Um, you know, that's just a learning experience I had to go through. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then later in the year, towards the end of my senior year, when I had learned more about Bitcoin and stuff, and I really had to, to decide where I had to go to college, I was like, I don't really want to go away for college. I kind of want to just go to a local community college and get a job and stack sats. So that's what I did. And I'm really happy I made the right choice because... I'm balling out right now, and I'm, I'm really happy with my decisions that I've made. What do you mean balling out? What does that mean? Stacking hella sats, um, living below my means. Like, at every paycheck, I, de- I try and devote, like, at least half my paycheck to just stats, um, to just stacking sats. And if I can, I'll do more. And, you know, I'll um, constantly just... I'll, I'll work extra hours, I'll work uh, odd jobs and stuff, and I'll do whatever I can to get more fiat to put into Bitcoin. Yeah. And do you mind sharing what you're studying in, at this community college? Uh, right now, I'm doing general sciences, and then I my plan right now is to study kinesiology after that, uh-huh. which is like the study of the movement of the body, because right now, um, well, like... My, I guess, like, the job I'm working towards is being a physical therapist. Like, that's my job as well. I work at a physical therapy clinic as a technician. And, yes, um, if I, when I do get, like, a actual 9-to-5 job, I want to stay in, like, I, I either want to stay in the medical field or... I want to. I just want to get a job that involves sports somehow, cause like, I don't want a desk job where I sit all day crunching numbers. I want a job where I can be up and active and you know walking around and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel you there, man. So, when this popped off, you were you were in your senior year. Like, did did other did your friends or other people at school like were did they know what was up with Bitcoin? Like, did you did, were they talking about it? Like, was there any chatter at at school? Uh, very little. Um, I remember I had just gone into Bitcoin and I remember a few weeks later cause some kid had asked me about it and I said, I was like, yeah, I'm into Bitcoin. <laughs> and then I remember one day at lunch, a couple kids came up to me and they sat at my table with me and my friends and they were like, yo dude, I heard you're into Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. Um, are you rich? You know, it's popping off. It's going well. And I was like, no, you, you know, I just got into this stuff, but, um, they were interested in it, but they weren't interested in like 
actual Bitcoin. They were just interested in getting it to sell for more fiat to buy whatever materialistic stuff they wanted. Right. And so that's it like that. You were kind of the lone one of the lone like Bitcoiners at, at your last year of school. Pretty much. Uh, I have a friend who went away to college. He is in the Bitcoin and he checks the price of it. He's not like super into it. But he does mine it on it. He has a gaming computer and he mines a bit of it. But other than that, like he he won't put any money into it. Like he won't get a job and work for it. Like right. I think he's like too scared of the risk or something. So for you, what would, when did the shift happen between like like seeing Bitcoin, thinking like I want to learn more, and then going down the shitcoin route, and then coming out of the shitcoin hole and getting like seeing the light with Bitcoin? What what did that process look like for you? So I always knew that Bitcoin was kind of you know top dog, and um the plan of all coins were to trade it to get more Bitcoin. Yeah. But it wasn't till I met um psychedelic Obardo on Twitter. And I remember because he was just slaying all these shit coiners and um, just dropping facts left and right. And I DM'd him and I was like, hey, like, do you mind like me asking why are you a maximalist? And, you know, what are the benefits? What are the cons? And we had a little chat and um, it really got me thinking. And I started talking to other maximalists around on Twitter and it just seemed like the right thing to do. And then once I dropped all my shit coins and I really started, you know, researching Bitcoin only, I feel like that's when my actual, like, quote unquote, Bitcoin career started. Mm-hmm. And like my actual education started. Because when I was a shit coiner, all I cared about was price yeah. and getting more fiat. Like, with Bitcoin, I care about, you know, security, privacy, the actual usage of it, the future of Bitcoin. Like, I don't care too much about the price now. And if anything, I want the price to go lower right, so, so I can, can stack, stack more. more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when I was a shitcoiner, I wanted the price of, like, Litecoin and Ethereum to moon so I can just sell it and get more fiat to buy, you know, whatever I wanted. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people got caught up in the greed of the shit coinery, right? Like just like, oh, you can 10, 100x your your shit in like a month and then wow, you could do so much cool stuff with that money where it's like, you know, the the maximalists in the Bitcoin field are just like, you know, like you said, probably hoping that the the price stagnates for as long as possible so that everyone can, you know, just stack more. Yeah, and also there's so much like shitty scammy behavior that goes on in crypto Twitter, oh, not man. Bitcoin Twitter, but crypto twitter like whenever i see accounts from crypto twitter like the stupid shit they say i know and like they they spread so much false information and i truly believe that some of the people like aren't trying to scam people i just think they're stupid enough and believe you know definitely whatever whatever they're pushing but uh bitcoin twitter you go there and it's like the smartest people in the space. Like I feel dumb as hell in Bitcoin. <laughs> Me but too. like I love Me it. Too. You know, you gotta surround yourself with people who are better than you and that'll, you know, help better yourself. One hundred percent, man. I like I've been in Bitcoin since, you know, two thousand 
I've been interested in it for a long time, but 2014 was when I, I first kind of really dove in, or 2014, sorry. I can't, I don't know what I said there. But, uh, but yeah, like big, uh, Twitter just wasn't a thing for me, right? Like I, I, I used it as a newspaper, but I, I certainly wasn't like, I didn't realize that it was kind of fragmented into different communities. Just if you, you could curate it so that you'd wind up in a, in a certain community. And I just like, I, I was never really into it. And then it was only this year, I think, just maybe by accident because i just like i've always been fascinated with bitcoin and i slowly started following so many that like bitcoin twitter started to coalesce as like an entity right that you could tell like you were in it and uh once i i started like getting in it and then meeting those people and speaking to some of them and following them i was just like oh man these are my people like i can't believe i i didn't I, I can't believe I wasn't aware that this has been around for so long. Like this is the, these are the people, like you said, that I want to basically be, be like, I want them to inspire me to learn more and, and that kind of thing. Cause they do make, you know, a lot of time they do make me feel stupid or that I don't like, there's things that I haven't investigated yet or learned or, or engaged in. And it's just such a, and I love the, the, the toxicity basically, because like you said, with crypto Twitter, I mean, there's so many people in there, and yes, like most of them are probably well-meaning, but there's just so much fucking malarkey and bullshit that people get on with, and like no, you know, people aren't really called out. Whereas in, in Bitcoin Twitter, it's like if you say the wrong thing, you're gonna get jumped on, and it's actually ultimately good for you and the space, as much as it might seem a little off-putting to an outside observer at the beginning. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I remember when I was having my chat with Obardo, he was telling me he was like, dude. If you ever get the chance to go to like an actual Bitcoin event, you got to go because the people you meet there, like you'll be so happy you're a maximalist because you're just surrounded by so many intelligent and smart people. And it's amazing. And I I really want to go to like a proper actual Bitcoin, you know, event. Yeah. So that's on my uh, list to do. Um. And then, yeah, like, I love the toxicity of Bitcoin Twitter. It, it just sucks when I see people get banned because they're doing, like, good shit. Right. And, um, like, th- I love it seeing when people, especially, like, people who are quote-unquote, like, Bitcoin famous, like, dive into any shit coinery or do something that, you know, maximalists don't like and pe- they just jump on them like a bunch of like hyenas or some shit no, no, so funny. nobody's immune man like it doesn't matter what you did in the past like if you slip up then you're gonna get it and that's just the way it is mm-hmm. yeah i love yeah. it but man tell me because you, you, you a few moments ago you're were, you're were talking about how you know you're in your senior year you were kind of thinking about what you wanted to do with your life in terms of career and stuff and this is something that I've definitely talked about a lot with guests on the podcast. And basically, you know, the the stick usually goes like, yeah, you know, when we were in our early 20s, we looked out on the world, it looked super fucked, and there was a kind of hopelessness that pervaded. It's like, you know, yes, you can carve out your own little thing, spend time with people you like, do work that, you know, you enjoy or that you can tolerate, but still, like, there's these big kind of clouds looming over your view of what the world is and what it can be. And for you know, in these conversations, you know, Bitcoin has been that thing that essentially parted the clouds and kind of provided this sort of light of hope for people to think that, it, you know, the world could be better and it could change for the better. And there is a way to kind of turn around some of the more dark shit. And as a result, just the, the, 
the passion and the drive and the energy and the motivation to learn more about it and get involved and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, is that what it was like for you after you started going down the rabbit hole or, or were you even looking out on the world like that? Like, how did it change your, your worldview, or your perspective, if at all? Um, one of the things that has always like been in my mind is that like to be successful in life, you just need love, family, friends and money. So, you know, growing up as a kid, I, I heard constantly like, oh, our financial system so fucked up. Like it could be so much better. There's so many things wrong with it. And whenever someone would tell me that I would ask them, okay, like, well, how do we fix it? Like, what do we got to do? And they're like, oh, you can't. Like, that's just the way things are. Right. So when I found Bitcoin and I found out that it actually wasn't a Ponzi scam or a scheme, and I really started to learn why it was created, I was like, this is like a trillion dollar idea. It, it fixes every, I mean, maybe not everything, but it fixes a lot of things that are wrong with the current financial system like you know and it amazes me like i've told some of these people that you know talk badly about the current financial system about bitcoin and they just won't touch it even though that it's like the purest thing ever made and it could benefit them greatly and then so getting into bitcoin not only am i rewarded with a better financial system but since we're in pretty early, you know, Bitcoin's what, 8,000 bucks right now? The upside potential is amazing. And you can definitely create a lot of gains. So it's kind of like I can create financial freedom. And that solves, you know, one of the things in life that I need is money. And then the rest is love, family, and friends. So that really. It really like I like focusing on one thing at a time and, you know, just getting that shit done. So when I found Bitcoin, it was kind of like, all right, like this is it. Like this is what I need to focus on my time on right now. Like I'm 19, 20. Oh, I was 19. I'm 20 years old now. But um, I was like, this is a once in a lifetime chance and I, I have to take it and make it my top priority. And it has made... um my outlook on life a lot lot better because it it allows me to like sleep easy at night if that makes sense like knowing that i'm like i'm doing good for myself like i don't like comparing myself to other people just because you know everyone runs their own race in life but um when i see some of my friends who like went off to college they're getting deep shit in a student debt some of some of my friends bought cars and they have auto loans they got to pay off. Some of them got credit cards like they're on some pretty deep shit. And then I look at me like I'm in no debt with a bunch of Bitcoin. So it's like I'm chilling, staying winning in life. <laughs> oh, I love that shit, man. I love it. Um, and I, I'm like, I'm even though I mean, as you said, we're early, right? So anybody who's in now, it's like there, there's going to be rewards to be reaped for sure. But I'm envious too, man. Like it, being 20 years old and like knowing that, like knowing, being aware of. And I always preface this by saying, yes, we could be wrong and it might not work. But let's presume that it does, right? And we are right. That being 20 years old and having that in your back pocket, like not just literally as in the coins, but like 
knowing that you've got this thing behind you that if you just like put your work in learn about it engage it you know and, and use it for what you can and for you like one of those four pillars of of what a good life means to you man it's such a powerful thing for your mentality like you said be on the sleep at night waking up in the morning with a smile on your face and bouncing your step just knowing that like there's a purpose to all this you don't just have to go to some fucking dead-end job and you know you know what's the purpose so i have enough money to travel or blow it off on the weekend or buy some shit like you i feel like it focuses all of our energy and attention and work toward you know something that not only benefits us but obviously contributes to to the entity itself yeah like one of the things i was so scared of um in high school was i was like man like I really got to get this shit right because I don't want to work, end up working some dead end nine to five job, you know, for a company I don't really care about, for a boss I probably hate. Uh, my parents didn't go to college. Uh, my mom went to like a trade school, and my dad went straight into the fire department. And, and um, my parents did very well financially. They didn't make the most money per year but they were really smart with their money and they're not fully retired yet but they're about to be retired and they're both in their early 50s so i think like that's really good and that's inspired me to also do well in life um financially and um i don't want to you know i don't want to wait till i'm 50 to have the nice things they have and you know the nice life they have um i want it a lot earlier and i want to be more you know successful than they are you know my dad wakes up every day at his lake house and you know goes out for a kayak ride and you know goes to work and comes back and just chills you know looking at a nice lake for a with a nice view and um it just inspires me man yeah i bet have you talked to them about bitcoin I have, and I actually got my mom to buy some. <laughs> what about your dad? Uh, no. My dad is like, my dad just tells me like, oh, you stick to Bitcoin, I'll stick to stocks. Uh, the U.S. dollar is always going to be king, blah, blah, blah. Like, he doesn't really understand it. Man, it's such a funny thing. Like, I mean, we all come up against this, and we have, you know, I'm sure we've met some people that, they want to learn more and other people are just so closed off to it. And it's, it's, I mean, once, I mean, obviously we're biased, but once you like see the light as it were, and you're like fully, <laughs> fully on board, it's so hard to relate to people that, that have the, such an opposing or opposite view. You know what I mean? Like, and I try because like I talk to these people and, you know, I want to have these conversations and I want more people to be involved with it and stuff, even though, you know, there's an argument to be made that maybe we should just be Zen about it all. But I, like, I find myself still having those conversations, but I, it is challenging for me to relate to people that like, can't, can't even see an inch of it, right? You don't have to be a full on, like, you know, crazy hyper bull maximalist right off the bat, but just not to like, be at least curious about some aspects of it and what it might mean and how it might help the existing problems. It's tough for me to relate. Oh, yeah, definitely, especially with people my age. Like, everyone my age is, um, you know, partying, drinking, doing drugs every weekend, and I'm just, like, trying to stack sats and, you know, get ahead in life. But um, 
I guess we'll see where I am compared to them in a couple <laughs> years. So, yeah. yeah, man, it's it's about the long game, and revenge will be sweet, you know. When uh, not that you wish uh, poor circumstances on your friends, but you know, you oh, keep, not at all. You, you keep it disciplined and and doing that thing now, and you know, again, if we're right, then you got to imagine you're gonna be uh, well in a situation that makes you happy, and that the one that's totally in your control in the future, and that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I I've tweeted this before, like. I do want more, like, of my friends in real life to be into Bitcoin because I always want to fucking talk about it to them instead of, like, whatever dumb shit they want to talk about sometimes. Or, like, I want to help better them. Like, I hate seeing some of my friends, you know, do really poor financial decisions when they could, you know, put that money into Bitcoin. And what's the resistance? Like, why don't, why aren't they, why isn't there more uptake? Like, if you're trying to talk to them about it, are they just like, nah, man, I don't give a shit about that. Like, what's the, what's the comeback? (sighs) Like, I just keep trying to tell them, like, dude, it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not a scam. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I believe it is the future of money. But, like, you know, I'm just not ready to get into it or, you know, whatever. Like, it's really half ass poor excuses but yeah. yeah it's it's sad to see i was having a conversation with escape who, who it was escapes me but it was recent anyways the, the it was basically we were talking about because this question always comes up like how do you broach the subject of like i had a, i was chilling with a friend today right and most of the time i don't even bring it up because like once i tell them that i'm involved in some capacity you know, there's a big smile and they're, you know, ask you questions like, oh, so you're a millionaire or, you know, that's bullshit or it's never going to work. Like, there's always some cliche comeback. And I'm just at the point now where, like, I don't want to ruin the day by getting into, like, an hour-long discussion when I know it's probably going to meet a brick wall. But having said that, like, what what I was talking about on the podcast with someone is, like, I think it was Brandon Quidham who originally, like, made the suggestion. Like, we don't just need like books about Bitcoin as great as they are, you know, that are coming out onto the space now. But like we need books for and about Bitcoin for every like demo or not even demo, but like interest cat. Like I think someone I spoke to recently said like we need a like what is Bitcoin for vegans? We need like a what is Bitcoin for fucking CrossFit people? We need a what is Bitcoin for, you know, fill in the blank. And uh, it's actually one of the reasons why I want to talk to you because, you know, it's a fairly unique thing, you know, especially on Bitcoin Twitter to like have this 20 year old kid who's, uh, you know, super into Bitcoin and, and, you know, engages with the community. And like we need someone to talk to the people that are your age, right? Like high school or early college kids or whatever. And because obviously you're most well equipped to determine what the message should be composed of to break through to people that are like you know that are in your peer group and uh so yeah i mean that's why i ask you the question like what what kind of things you've done to try to get them on board because i and this you know we self-select so this doesn't really there's no this is kind of an irrelevant statement but like i think it's super exciting like for a, a 20 year old to be so deep into this and like to be have the mentality stacking stats working hard learning as much as they can engaging with it playing around with it um like if i had a friend that way i would just be like pulling on your arm all day long to get you to tell me more and i'd you know we'd be down in the basement you know or working together or something while our party our, our friends were out partying but 
I, that's why I, I, you know, I wanted to get some insight into like what are people in your age group thinking about this thing, and what are what are some of the reasons why they're not interested. Yeah, um, I just finished my freshman year of college last spring, and um, last spring I took a public speaking class where I had to give speeches. And I did a speech on the hyperinflation in Venezuela, and I kind of, like, got people interested in, you know, money. And then I kind of hit them over the head with the Bitcoin speech for my next speech. And what I did was I compared Bitcoin and the U.S. dollar, and my argument was why Bitcoin's better. And I gave them, you know, all the facts of, you know, quantitative easing i said you know bitcoin's scarce because you know you gotta mine it like it takes time energy electricity you know computing to make a bitcoin whereas you know the u.s dollar you can just print it you know out of thin air um i gave them like i had charts pulled up i had um all this stuff prepared i felt like i did a really good job and um I looked at the faces on some of the people and I could tell some people could get it, but some people were just super confused because they couldn't understand or like not they couldn't understand, but they didn't know some of the simple stuff in economics. Like I'm so surprised at how many people don't know what a fiat currency is. I remember also in English, I took an English class last spring and over the summer, and I did, uh, uh, I wrote essays about Bitcoin in both of them, and I would run it by my professor just to like make sure uh, everything looks good, and she'd be reading it, and both of my teachers looked at me and were like, Nick, we don't know what a fiat currency is, like you have to explain more of what that is, and I just kind of looked at it with my head tilted like you're a college professor and you don't know what a fiat currency is like that's kind of embarrassing that's wild man that is wild Mm -hmm. although i'm not super surprised like i i'm shocked but also not at the same time because it's just it shows the level of uh you know financial and monetary ignorance basically and it's largely because it's just you question your own finances maybe and if you're really into investing you know you read your buffett books and your you know whatever to try to understand how the stock market works and all that stuff but you know unless you came across the austrian guys or a couple other you know books of history or whatever on money i mean you the education is never on that level it's never foundational about money it's always something like if you learn economics in in uh university it's like no they don't start with money as chapter one you know it's supply and demand and this and that and there's various currencies and this is how it works and there's currency markets but like nobody ever asks the question of the most nobody ever asked the most fundamental question which is what is the money it's crazy Mm -hmm. it's crazy and and um one thing for me getting into bitcoin i was just kind of like you know you can do anything in the world that you want to do and um but whatever you want to do, you're going to have to work really hard at it. So it's kind of like when I um, say all these terms that are in Bitcoin that a lot of people don't understand, a lot of like normal people don't understand. It's kind of like it It kind of makes me proud sometimes because I'm like, OK, I have been learning like a lot in this space that most people don't do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you there. 
Um, did you record these uh, speeches that you gave in the public speaking class, like a video? We had to because we had to watch them and, like, go over them. And um, we had to, like, write a paper about it, and, like, what we did right, what we did wrong and all that stuff. But I deleted the videos. What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I, I never thought I would have to use them again. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. You got to put that shit up next time you do one. Who gives a fuck? You know, put it on a YouTube channel or something. But who the f- that'll be, you know, somebody's going to want to see that, you know, and somebody it's somebody's going to benefit from it. You know, that that's my approach to, to media and content stuff, too. Like, because you always cringe at your own shit, right? Like, you see it and you point, you see all the flaws in you and we all see more flaws in ourselves than, than other people see in us. But... I'm just like, man, put it up. You never know that serendipitous like moment where like maybe you got like 10 subscribers on YouTube, but some fucking 17 year old kid just happens upon your speech somehow, like through some, you know, YouTube rabbit hole that he's been on and he comes across your speech and just like, you know, we all, most of us came like early days, like a lot of us came across Andreas, right? Andreas yeah. Antonopoulos, his speeches and, um, you know who knows who knows it could could set you know uh, could spark the fire of some person in some other part of the world just hearing you know someone who's similar to them similar age you know similar whatever uh articulating this interest and be like huh i wonder what the fuck that's all about and then they start on their own rabbit hole journey and stuff so don't delete that shit next time man you gotta put that up all right, I, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll do more in the future. Like when I go off to uh, before university, uh, um, I'm pr- I would like to take another public speaking class because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a really good time, and also um, when I look at like other people my age, I think there's there's two kids um, that I'm following. One's called Bitcoin Sam. He's 19, and there's another 18 or 19 year old that follows me. He just followed me recently, but I don't remember his name. But uh, us three have clicked pretty well because, you know, of our age. And he's like, oh, shit, like another kid my age is here. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> and um, one thing I really don't want to be and I don't want to turn into is someone like, you know, Eric Finman. No. He He's that kid. He's around my age, maybe like a year younger. He's like probably my age, and he's he constantly he he's just a clout chaser. He um he's that kid who boasts about himself because he's quote unquote the youngest Bitcoin millionaire. Um, he he's made all these like cringy videos of like people going and interviewing him, and he's like, oh like. I didn't want to go to college, so my parents said if um, I became a millionaire by the time I'm older, uh, I wouldn't have to go to college. And, like, his grandma gave him some money to put in a Bitcoin, and I think he kind of forgot about it. And then in the 2017 run-up, he got back into it. Um, But, yeah, the kid (laughs) – the kid's a fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like, he, he's a massive shitcoiner now. Like, he, he sold off some of his Bitcoin for, like, this coin called Metal or something. And if you look at the charts, it's, it's like, it's terrible. It starts high and it just drops down. And <laughs> I, I hope it never recovers. Yeah, well, it certainly looks that way pretty for pretty much everything other than Bitcoin, at least at the moment, you know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how things turn out. But I just feel like the... 
I, I feel like the, the the luster and excitement is gone out of you know the shitcoin market. Like there was a brief moment there where people thought it would turn into like this kind of parallel stock market sort of thing where like there's all these different coins trading but then you know the bubble burst and people came to realize like well the, the, none of these you know ha you got to be money that's what the that's what the proposition is here you know that's what we're dealing with here and if, if one is going to take the vast majority of the value as money then what the what the hell are all these other ones deriving value from you know i just don't see the point in having like what is it like close to 3000 different cryptocurrencies oh, right now course. it's like there, there's no reason for them and even some of like the ones in the top 10 there's no reason for them yeah i totally agree like um like one of the big things for me is like when you go on the news all you see is them talking bitcoin you n never see them talking about like litecoin or ethereum or bitcoin cash it's always just btc all day yeah and, like, they're not going talking about, like, Electronium or Digibyte or, like, like, I I'll never walk into a store and pay for something and, you know, some random shit coin that's, like, rank 124 on coin market cap. Like, it's just not happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I think that's part of the, uh, the old stay humble stack sats. And, I mean, there's obviously many, uh, many different areas that that can be applied to. But one of them is definitely, like... I feel like a lot of people get sucked into the shit coins because they're like, oh, you know, I can find the next one. Like, I, I, you know, I'm smart enough to figure out, like, which one is going to have the combination of the tech and the team and then this and that. And, like, I'm, I can find it and that's how I'm going to get rich. And it's like, no, focus on Bitcoin, learn as much as you can, hum, you know, stack up your sats at every opportunity you get and just chill, right? Like, the time will come. But, you know, so mm -hmm. many, so many people, uh, you know, want to want to go a different route, I guess. I just see so many people who buy shit coins, like get double wrecked. If that makes sense, because like some people will try and escape inflation by putting their money in a shit coin, and their money devalues not only from um like if they were to keep it in fiat, it's obviously devaluing. Right. But if they keep it in a shit coin. It's going down like what two to three percent per day from Bitcoin, <laughs> and it's like, like the only true way to escape inflation is Bitcoin. Like literally, no other coin can help you. Yeah, but just to go back like a few minutes ago, you were saying when you start like putting more, if you do more of these talks and if you start putting stuff online, you're saying you don't want to become whatever that dude's name was that is kind of a douche and talking about. Bitcoin and shit coins and stuff, but like, is that really a concern? Like, I don't get the vibe that like you're gonna automate, you're gonna f for some reason turn into uh, that kind of a character. Oh, I I know I'm not, but um, I'm just trying to say like I hope people don't be like, oh well, this kid's just gonna turn out like Eric Finman did. Like, I I I'm not. Like, <laughs> I remember he posted something. And I wasn't even being that toxic, and I called him out on it, and he had just immediately blocked me. And, um, yeah, uh, he's just someone, as long as I be the opposite of him, I know I'll be successful <laughs> and well-respected in the Bitcoin community. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and no matter what you do, there's always going to be haters. That's just a given, you know, but I think as, as long as you stay true to yourself, you'll probably be all right.
Oh yeah, definitely. There's a lot. Of, I've met a lot of cool people in the Bitcoin space that um, constantly have my back, and uh, I can't be thankful enough for all of them. Yeah, that's got to be so damn cool, man. So fucking cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Um, so what's like? What's most interest? I'm, I mean, I know like you're doing your job and you know you're stacking regularly and stuff, but what what's most intriguing or compelling or interesting to you about the space at this moment in time? Like, what are you most kind of excited about or engaged in intellectually? Two things. Uh, the scarcity of Bitcoin and also the Lightning Network. Uh, going into the Lightning Network, you know, one of the big arguments from a shitcoiner's point of view is that, you know, Bitcoin's too expensive. It's too slow. It'll never scale, blah, blah, blah. Well, the Lightning Network fixes all of that or it, it seems to at least um you know it can do what like a million transactions a second it's super cheap it's day by day um it's getting easier and easier to use and set up like i have my own lightning node and, and um through casa and through my phone i can send lightning payments almost anywhere mm -hmm. and i think that's fucking awesome so I mean, like, I remember when Lightning Network first came out, it was kind of like a distant dream for me to be able to use it because it just seems so complicated, so hard to set up and all that. But now it's like, it it's it's super easy. Yeah. And I don't see why more people can't do it. Yeah, I mean, especially on some of the, like, the mobile wallets that have recently come out. Like, it's, you, unless you knew, like, you may not even know you're interacting with it, right? It's just, it's just, that's, it's, it's that kind of seamless. Yeah, and then also the scarcity part of it, you know, that comes into us being so early into Bitcoin. Um, you know, you always hear like, oh, there's not enough for every millionaire in the United States to own one, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, get 2.1 Bitcoin, get 6.15. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just seems like super easy to accumulate right now. Yeah, you get like what, like a hundred thousand sats for a dollar for a ten dollars. Like that's a steal in my opinion. And um, y you always see those people who say like, oh, and like, you know, early like I don't I don't know the exact dates, but like let's just say like 2014, the goal was to accumulate like multiple Bitcoin. Uh, 2016, it was like you know get a Bitcoin. Now it's like get like. You, you know what I mean? Totally. Like get a fraction of a Bitcoin. And then as time goes on, it's going to get harder and harder to accumulate. So it's like the perfect the perfect time to start accumulating is now. Yeah, exactly. No matter when you come in, like that's always that's always the best approach. And we're, we're I think we're soon be entering the era where like being a whole coin. I mean, we're almost there now. I mean, 10, let's say eight grand, you know. If someone was really committed, maybe they could find that kind of cash. But, you know, once we get up into the tens of thousands per coin and even like 100 plus K, I mean, being a whole coiner is just going to be totally off limits for a huge swath of the population, you know, and, mm -hmm. it, and it still won't be too late then. Like, I think obviously what you're just saying, it's still still worthwhile and valuable to to accumulate what you can. But just to your point about like in 14, you know, in 14, it was to get a bunch and then by 16, it was like, uh, just make sure you get a couple. And, you know, the next couple of years, it's like, make sure you at least have like a tenth, you know, a point one or something. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I remember reading, like, this was a while ago, so I don't know if, like, numbers have changed or whatever, but um, it was, like, if you have 0.28 Bitcoin and you're in the 1% of people who, ever, who will ever own that amount of Bitcoin, and I just thought, like, that's super cool because that's <laughs> not even that much money right now. Yeah. That's, like, a, a couple thousand. I interviewed uh, Ray Gomez, who works at OpenNode. He's the lead software engineer there, and uh, he built when he was just messing around with uh, the Lightning Network at the beginning, he, he just wanted to understand it better. So he, he, he developed Lightning Spin. Have you ever played that? I have not. Right. So basically, you just uh, you set your bet. So let's say like, uh, well, so the default was 10,000 sats, right? And then you press this button and it spins around a circle. Or sorry, sorry. You, you place your bet amount and then you... Um, you can pick like 2x, 3x, 4x, 5x, and it's like if you hit the color that you chose, you get the whatever x you chose. You know, so it's, mm -hmm. it's basically betting. Um, and uh, I spun it around, and I lost, right? And so the 10,000 sats were gone. And I was, and then I realized afterwards that even though that was like the default bet amount, the minimum was only a thousand. And I, I was just at my computer like. No, and then yeah, it it has the U.S. dollar value there too, and it, it was like eighty eighty two cents, right? Is what I lost. Mm -hmm. But like, there's such a stronger, like, visceral desire to hang on to it, even though like fiat like uh, denomination is like it's nothing. Right? It's a buck. Like I'll I'll, I'll spend. You know that's nothing, but when it's yeah. when it's denominated in sats and you lose it, you're like a tear just falls down my face. <laughs> yeah, I I also think that's one thing that like pre coiners got to understand because people will look at Bitcoin and say, well, oh, how much money is it? And you'll say like a hundred k sats. You know that sounds like a lot because it is a lot. That's a hundred thousand satoshis, yeah. but it's only like what ten bucks, right? So, again, that goes back to the point we were making. The earlier you get in, the better. It doesn't really matter too much when you got in, though. Yeah, and that's the thing that everybody who gets in has to grapple with because you're always going to feel like you were late. Like, I heard Trace Mayer talk about him feeling like he was late, like buying it at two bucks or whatever. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know, like, uh, and I know, you know, Peter Schiff, you know, the, the notorious Peter Schiff, uh, I think in in his chat with Pomp, he he said also like I missed the boat, you know, so it's too late now. It's just like, you know, that's just just such the wrong mentality. And of course, you know, we could easily be attacked for saying that and be like, oh, you just want to protect your investment, you want everybody to get in and blah blah blah. But uh, that's not the case. And I just really think like whenever anyone that gets in, they look back in the history and they think, oh my God, it went from minus a buck to eight thousand. Like, I, of course, I must have missed it, but. I think we're probably on the same page in thinking that there's a lot of runway left for this thing. Yeah, I I read a quote from someone on Twitter, and it was like, don't get like, it It was either someone on Twitter, or it might have been Trace Mayer, I'm not sure, um, but whatever they, whoever they said, oh, I can't speak English, whoever <laughs> said it, they said, it doesn't matter when you get in. Like, don't get mad at yourself for missing past gains. Just make sure you don't miss out on the future gains. Yeah. And that really kind of struck me like, you know, 
I'm not going to get mad at myself for not getting in, you know, January 4th, 2009, you know, one day after Bitcoin was released, uh, you know, I got in when I got in and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to stack as many sats as I can. So I'm well equipped for the future. Yeah, well, that's exactly why the stat- stack and sats meme is so good, right? Because even let's say you get in and then you're like, oh, fuck, I missed the boat. And if you don't have that approach, I mean, I fell victim to it. I'm sure many others did as well. You get into the like the timing, the market mentality. It's like, okay, well, I'll just wait for it to have a pullback now. Then I'll get in, right? And I'll at least like somewhat mitigate, you know, that feeling that I, I fucked up. It's not rational, right? Because if it goes like from eight to four and you get in, like, sure, you, you got it. You got it at a 50% discount, but it doesn't really make much of a difference between one and 4,000, right? But yeah, um, but that's why I think the meme is so great because like it just takes the thought and the emotion and the and the guessing and the waiting out of it. Do you believe in this thing? Yes. All right. This is what you do. You squirrel away a certain amount of your savings every week. Put it in. Don't think about the price. Pretty easy, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Like I I've never really tried to like time the market because I know like I I've always kind of thought like. I'm a fucking idiot when it comes to this. So I'm not even going to try and time the market. I'm just going to buy whenever I can. Good for and, you, you know, man. Just dollar cost average in. And um, yeah, there, there's sometimes it's annoying. Like I'll get paid on a Friday and I'll buy, you know, all I can. And then the next day the price drops and I'm like, fuck, if I would have just waited, <laughs> you know, that one extra day. If I had only but, known um, the price was going to drop. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, then like a week later, it'll go back up and I really don't care anymore. So it's, I just buy whenever I can and that that works well for me and I'm going to continue doing that. Yeah, for sure. What's up guys? That's the end of my general discussion with Nick. The rapid fire episodes available now as well. If you haven't heard that before, it's basically a series of questions that I ask all the guests that come on the show. And then we finish off with some word associations. So uh, check that out if you want to hear more from Nick. Later.